Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Aha! And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm here, and Donnie Cage is here as well. He's the other co-host. Just say it. Just say it. Say it. (laughs) I am the other co-host. Aha! There he is. All right, my friend. How's it going this week? It's going well. It's going well. It's uh, it's getting pretty hot in uh, the state of Pennsylvania, but other than that, it is it's going great. Here in the beautiful state of Kentucky, it is hot, 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 very hot. It's actually uh, kind of it's getting to the point where it's kind of miserable to even be outside, which is kind of crazy for well, you might as well call it July, but really June. So I don't know. Been a crazy, crazy summer so far. All right, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button. Also, hit that little notification button, no matter which platform you're listening to us from. That way you know every time we upload a new episode. We do upload two episodes a week every Tuesday and Saturday. Sometimes we're a little bit late. We're a little bit late this week. And tomorrow, might as well go ahead and announce tomorrow's episode on Saturday. will be done on Sunday to give away so we don't interrupt hours or year watching the pay-per-view Money in the Bank WWE. But we are on 73 different audio platforms including iHeart, Radio, Pandora, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on from there. Also, Mr. Cage, he does co-host another podcast. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir. Yes, if you uh, if you'd like, please check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube. Co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. We talk gaming, movies, sometimes some real-life topics like dating and relationships. We talk wrestling, all sorts of fun, fun topics. So definitely check it out on YouTube. Very, very, very intriguing uh, podcast, if I do say so myself. It's very uh, interesting. Please check it out. Also, if you're into current news events, politics, interesting interviews, pop culture, anything of that nature, be sure to listen to, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We do drop two episodes there every week. Whenever you get a chance, check us out. And uh, also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Mr. Cage or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. And then also in the description below of every episode is the links to our social media, 
as well as as well as our merch shop website and all that good stuff. All right, so let's get in. We have a ton of results to do. This is also our Money in the Bank prediction show. If you've been uh, living under a rock or you're not a wrestling fan, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. So be sure, do not forget, it is on Peacock, streaming on there, if you remember. All right, so let's get into some results. Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. Now, before we get into the results, I'm going to say something. I am... This this pay-per-view perturbed me. I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it wasn't... It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I'll explain more as we go on. But let's go over the first match where a title actually did change. And that was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega, the current champion, lost to Will Ospreay. Uh, I have to say, though, this match stole the show for me. I thought this was the best match of the entire pay-per-view. I didn't, uh, I mean, I like Will Ospreay. I guess it was, I guess, okay, so I, I, I guess it was his time to win, maybe, but uh, I don't know. If a title had to change hands on this pay-per-view, it should have been the international title, which did not. But anyways, your thoughts on that match, sir? IWGP, United States title. Could not agree more, Kentucky guy. This match was amazing from start to finish. Not that I'm surprised because Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega... Two of the great greats out there right now. Just as good as their uh, match at Wrestle Kingdom, if not even better. So much drama. Um, I will say, Kentucky guy, I, I did predict the winner of this match correctly. And uh, happy, to, happy to see that. I, well, no, it's not, well, actually, I should say, it's not so much that I enjoy seeing Kenny Omega lose. I don't. Um, but I just, something told me Will Ospreay was going to win the IWGP US title, and he did. But like I said, I wouldn't have been upset if Kenny Omega retained here. Great match nonetheless. Yes, and that is correct. I actually picked Kenny Omega to win, and you picked Will Ospreay. I forgot to say that. <laughs> uh, next match. We were both wrong on this one. And so, Okay, next match. I started to go off on a tangent. I don't want to right yet. Brian Danielson versus... Okada, uh, Donnie and myself both picked Okada to win this match. He should have won this match. He actually broke Brian Danielson's arm in the match. But your winner, Brian Danielson. Now, here's my okay. I'm just gonna say here's my problem with this stupid pay per view. It's just like last year. Okay, you have two two matches out of all all these sneaking matches. You have two. And one we just talked about, Will Offspray. We have two where the winners were from the New Japan promotion. 
All the rest are AEW guys. Here's my shock baits. So if we're going to do this, let's not call it the Forbidden Door. Let's call it AEW Wins. Uh, it just it ticks me off the way they done this. Your uh, your thoughts, sir, on the match? What have you? Again, another great match. Both guys looked uh, looked impressive in there. I was kind of shocked by the end result, especially when we found out that, like you said, Brian Danielson suffered a forearm break near the end of the match, and two of them actually finished the match uh, after this. It was and it wasn't like it stopped immediately. This match went almost an additional ten minutes. That just shows you how how gutsy how gutsy Brian Danielson is. But it almost makes me think that they should have called an audible here and Okada should have gone over at that point. Because if Danielson suffered this kind of injury, I mean, you would think he'd want to go to a finish as soon as possible and, and risk making sure that he doesn't get injured even further. Kind of reminds me of what they had to do at New Japan Strong when uh, Sasha Banks suffered a foot injury. They had to change the ending to have Willow Nightingale go over. Yeah, and she still has that title that Mercedes had. Uh, yeah, this wasn't for a title or anything. Come on, Okada's a better wrestler all around. They didn't even let him do the rain. I just, I don't, I don't. If I was one of these New Japan guys, I wouldn't even look at this pay-per-view anymore. I would just move on. Uh, let's see. AW World Championship match. MJF versus Hanahashi. We both picked MJF to win. Our boy, my boy, he did win. However, I will say this. Tanahashi is not a bad wrestler. He was not a bad opponent. This was actually a decent match, but just like so many matches on this card, was easy to call. Easy to call. Your winner and still champion, MJF. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean it was a good match. Um, of course, we both predicted the predicted the winner as we as we said. I mean MJF was not going to drop the title here um, because number one uh, Tanahashi, even though he can still he can still go, he's not in his prime anymore. I know he's had some mounting injuries over the last years. He has slowed down a bit. Um, you could tell in this match and his match against Swerve Strickland on Rampage that he has slowed down a bit, but he still hung with MJF pretty well throughout it. But like you said, it was the end result was kind of predictable, um, which is fine for MJF fans. He should get the get the win on this pay per view. But uh, you know, it, it, it hurts because it doesn't make the New Japan guys look as strong as they should. So, am I overreacting, Mister Cage, on on uh, like two wins out of all these matches for the New Japan Royal Wrestling? Do I have a right to be upset, or am I way off base? I feel like you do have a right to be upset, Kentucky guy, because, again, there's that layer of predictability. If you just put the AEW guys over on the show all the time, then what's the point really even buying the pay-per-view? I, I thought they learned their lesson last year. They had so much blowback, but evidently not. And then we had another predictable match, only there was a slight twist in this match that, or after the match that kind of, Threw me off, but uh, I can dig it. And that was Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, facing for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, facing Sonata. Uh, both of us picked Sonata. Duh. 
uh, Jack Perry looked like he was out of place in the entire match. He shouldn't even been on the ma- in the match. He shouldn't even been on the pay-per-view. Not for that kind of title. He was definitely out-wrestled. However, his tag team partner who was ringside during the entire match, Hook, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy laid him out and has turned heel now. And uh, he looked pretty cool on Dynamite on Wednesday night, but, but Jungle Boy... Hook is going to kill you when he gets his hands on you. But your winner and still IWGP heavyweight champion, Sonata. Your thoughts, sir? Well, glad we picked the uh, picked the winner here. Of course it was Sonata. Of course Sonata was going to win this match. Jack Perry, as athletic and as talented as he is, is, is not on the level yet to beat an IWGP champion who is in his prime, like Sonata. So, again, kind of predictable. Um, I don't know how to feel yet about the heel turn, honestly, Kentucky guy, because I know we're supposed to feel sympathy now for Hook because his tag team partner turned on him, but these guys really haven't been a tag team for that long, if you think about it. And I understand you want to switch things up a little and you think, well, let's turn Jungle Boy into a heel. Okay, but... I, I mean, I don't know. I maybe I don't know. Maybe his whole promo on Dynamite uh, did something for you and made you go, oh, I, I have a lot more respect for Jungle Boy now. But, man, it didn't leave the same impression on me that it, that it did. And, again, I'm not saying I'm opposed to a heel turn. I just, uh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this just yet. Yeah, now, I just, I said he looked cool with the jacket, you know, and, you know, that god-awful music that he used to come out to, which uh, hopefully he's going to change that. You know, I just said he looked cool. but. I mean, let's be honest. Hook's going to kill him. Hook gets his hands on him. It's over. <laughs> so, you know. Next match was uh, for in the uh, Men's Owen Hart Cup Tournament. First round. CM Punk versus uh, Satoshi. Which, you can pretty much tell who the winners are going forward, by the way. Because we've already announced that Will Offspray and Sonata were your two winners from uh, New Japan. That's it. Everyone else is AEW, so of course, CM Punk won this match, and uh, I don't know, I I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the match, kind of knew what the outcome would be, so just like the next match, I'll go over it real quick, AEW, this is actually where I got up and got something to drink and what have you, AEW Women's World Title Championship match, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. Uh, we both picked Storm, and Storm was uh, your winner. By the way, I picked uh, Satoshi, and Mr. Cage picked CM Punk, and he got it right. I got it wrong. CM Punk was the winner. Your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Uh, what can I say? Predictable again. Um, and did you notice, Kentucky guy, that in Canada... CM Punk isn't getting as much of a positive reception from the crowd as he did in he Chicago. Got, he got booed. Wow, yeah. Did you notice that he got booed when he came out? He, he got the John Cena treatment, as many people have said online. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, but yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, I thought his match with Kojima was pretty good overall. Um, I think it could have been a little shorter. 
because I think there were other matches on the card that deserved more time. Um, but it was fine. It was fine for what it was. Um, and then the women's match, again, you know, this this feud, I feel like, between the Outcast and... Um, and it, well, it was, I was going to say, it was Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and whoever they're paired up with. Uh, which, uh, and now it's like Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale are feuding with the Outcasts. I'm just not invested in it right now. I mean, I, I want I want to care about the women's division. I have tremendous respect for women's wrestlers out there, but AEW is not making me care about the women's division right now. Well, let's be honest about it. The Outcasts are not a bad bad group. You know what I'm saying? They're not and when I say bad, I'm not I'm not saying bad in a uh, good way. They're they're just not they're not tough enough. Like they're not, you know, when they first started, they were leaving people by the ring. And I think they would have, if they would have kept that up and kept growing the group a little bit, I might have could have got invested, as you say, into them a little bit more. But they've been kind of stagnant. And Ruby Soho is calling out Britt Baker, who is injured. What's that all about? <laughs> I mean, she's injured. So you can't fight her right now, Ruby. Sorry, you know you had you and your little uh, green hair is going to have to go somewhere else for now. But I don't know. I, I just I'm not a fan. And you're right. WWE beats AEW all two pieces when it comes to the women's division, and always has. AEW International Championship four way match: Orange Cassidy, current champion, uh, versus Zack Saber Jr. versus Shibata versus Daniel Garcia. I picked, like a dummy, Shibata. Shouldn't have picked anybody from Japan. Should have knew better. Uh, Mr. Cage picked Zack Sabre. And your winner. And this would have been the perfect time to take this belt away from this guy. But still, international champion, Orange Cassidy. And yeah, I want to break down the next two. So yeah, I'll let you go ahead and go go your thoughts on that match. I'm not happy with the result, and that's that's all I'm going to say. I would have been happy with anyone winning that match except for Orange Cassidy because they're all legitimate workers. Um, yeah, I, I, the Orange Cassidy thing is it has worn out its welcome for me. And I tell you what, I thought Daniel Garcia looked great in that match. I, I was kind of, I was actually kind of hoping he'd pull the belt off, even though he wasn't my choice, uh, because uh, I thought he looked really good. Really good in that match. But of course, at the end, the little punch, it's stupid. Just stupid. Uh, 10 man tag team match John Moxley, Claudio, and Willer Yuta versus the Hung Bucks, they're called now. <laughs> Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and uh, tomorrow, Ashui. Oh, yeah. Also on John Moxley's team, uh, Shada. Uh, Umino was on there as well. Uh, anyways, I picked the Elite. Mr. Cage picked the, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. And your winner, the Blackpool Combat Club. I didn't like how the match ended, but for this to be a 10-way match, five on each team, I thought this, I usually don't like that. I, I, you get over three on three for me, and I'm pretty much that's it. It's hard to keep track of. 10-man tag team match to be that. I thought this was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. I don't know why the Blackpool Club 
uh, had to, uh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. The, the Blackpool Club won last Wednesday. They lost the pay-per-view. <laughs> the Young Bucks and Adam Page were your winners with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, sorry about that. Yep, so they won. They won, but this rivalry or feud or whatever you want to call it is not over with. And uh, like I said, like I was saying, for a 10-man tag team match, I it wasn't bad. I actually enjoyed it. I could keep up with it. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought the referees did a good job. Uh, your thoughts on the match? Yeah, there was a lot of action. No question about it. They uh, it moved at a good pace. Um, you know, despite uh, some interesting exchanges between him and John Moxley, I'm still I'm still not an Eddie Kingston fan. I'm sorry, all all you Eddie Kingston fans out there. I'm still not a believer. But uh, everybody else looked great in this match, in my opinion. Uh, I know they're going to continue the Moxley Eddie Kingston storyline because of their history. So that is what it is. But yeah, pretty decent match overall. Oh yeah, Eddie Kingston sucks. I'm I'm not <laughs> uh, I'm not building him up in any way whatsoever. Then we had a six man tag team match: Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, and uh, what was his? What is the guy's name? Tetsuya Naito, former IWGP champion. Yeah, and I know him. Watch the. Many, many of his matches. Watch some of his and Jericho's matches from back in the day. Just, I can never pronounce his name. <laughs> but anyways, nice to see him there. And uh, your winners were Sting, Darby Allen. Okay, so I thought this was a decent match. But if you take, let's be honest. If you take Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen out of this match, this match sucks. I don't know what got into Jericho and Sting, but they were moving in slow, slow motion. They just couldn't, they just, I, I don't know. Sammy and, and uh, Darby definitely carried this match. So once again, not a bad match, but eh, it left a little bit, for me anyways, to be desired. Your thoughts? Well, we have to keep one thing in mind. The icon is now 64 years old, so he is not <laughs> spring chicken anymore. And Jericho, you know, when he's in there primarily with younger talent, it, 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 he's able to make them look really good, and they can make him look good. When you put another older wrestler in there with him, uh, it's going to be a different end result. Fortunately, you still had the young Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen there to do all their crazy stuff that they do so well. And that's what, um, and that's what made the match worth watching. Uh, there was that little bit of a scary moment where Sammy Guevara put Sting through a table, um, which I still say Sting should not be taking any table or ladder bumps at his age, but that's just my opinion. Um, and did you happen to notice that the way they kind of, I guess, structured the match Sting got up pretty quickly from that table spot, which I thought was a little strange. Yeah, he didn't he didn't sell it very well. Now, didn't he go put somebody through a table Wednesday, right? He jumped on a table and put somebody through. Yeah, he didn't just put somebody through a table. He jumped off a ladder and did a splash through a table. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, 
Hello, Jeff Hardy Jr. Crazy. Then we had Adam Cole versus Tommy Lawler. That match was actually canceled because Adam Cole was sick, wasn't able to compete. And the pre-show, Women's Owen Hart Cup Tournament, first round. Athena versus Billy Starks. Both of us picked Athena to win. Uh, by the way, on that last match, on that last match, uh, I actually picked Jericho's team to win, and Mr. Cage picked Sting's team to win, so Mr. Cage uh, got that one correct, and I was wrong. I picked the Elites to win. I was right. Mr. Cage picked the Blackpool Combat Club to win. He was wrong. <laughs> so, anyways, we both picked Athena. Athena did win this match. I didn't watch the match. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched highlights of it. I didn't catch the whole pre-show. Uh, it was. It, I mean, the. I mean, it looked okay, but it's a pre-show match. I don't know. Your thoughts, sir? Uh, again, I watched highlights, but not the actual pre-show. AEW's pay-per-views, unfortunately, in my opinion, are way too long. They need to trim them down to three hours, like WWE does. Um, it's just the right length. It keeps you invested. You don't lose interest or feel like it's going on for too long. There is such a thing as making your shows too long, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, let's make our pay per views all day, and then uh, let's uh, let's keep rampage at an hour. <laughs> all right, so. And there's your matches for Forbidden Door, your results. Let's get into some collision results. Boom, bang, collision. And I have to say, I enjoyed Collision this week again. Actually, enjoyed it more than I did Dynamite. I know. You don't know. It's my rule. You can't really judge a show until after four weeks. Four weeks. Because then you start seeing the real structure. Because the first couple weeks, they're going to pull out all the stops. And they did. And I thought this was uh, uh, very nice. I liked how at the beginning of it, uh, Darby Allen was out there, and he mentioned that uh, Jericho and their mystery partner for the upcoming pay-per-view, which we just went over, had some history, and boom, as soon as Naito's music hit, Jericho started freaking out. <laughs> and it was pretty nice, man. I mean, he shows up, he's dressed all in white, walked right up to Jericho with a big old smile. And smiled right in his face. I thought that was pretty cool. I did. And then we had Swerve Strickland take on Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Hiroshi went over, and I'm okay with that. I think uh, he's the elder. He's got the more experience. And Swerve Strickland, he's going to get his. He's going to get his. But I like that they showed this guy the respect that he deserved. Your thoughts on those two matches, sir, in, in Collision? Well, again, with Tanahashi being MJF's challenger at Forbidden Door, they had to put him over here to make him seem like a credible opponent. I mean, not that he's not already a credible and, you know, accomplished champion in his own right, but 
lots of times people think, oh, he's old now, he's over the hill, what's he going to do to MJF? So him going over on um, Collision made total sense. Uh, and yeah, I, I loved the introduction to Tetsuya Naito as a part of Sting and Darby Allin's team. He and Jericho had some great matches in New Japan a few years back, so this was a good addition to that match at Forbidden Door. And then we had Brody King face uh, Andrade. Love seeing Andrade on television two weeks in a row. It's about time. Andrade won the match, but he won it by DQ. Uh, there's something building there. Something building there with uh, with this uh, with this club versus Andrade. I look for Rush maybe to join him and someone else. Uh, they're they're building something. I'm glad they're doing it on Collision because, like I said, I enjoyed Collision better than I did Dynamite this week. Again, we had Willow Nightingale versus Nyla Rose, and like a true Willow Nightingale, no matter if Mercedes got injured or not, she is a champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'm glad she went over. I'm very glad she went over Nyla Rose because she's currently holding a title. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Yeah, I mean, Willow's got to go over here on Nyla Rose. What kind of a, a uh, challenger would she be to Tony Storm if she wouldn't have uh, won this match? I know Nyla Rose is the former AEW Women's Champion, too, but Willow Nightingale is the current NJP Women's uh, Strong Champion. And, uh, you know, great to see Andrade on, on television again. He and Brody King had a really good match. I wish it would have had would have ended with Andrade getting a pinfall or submission victory, but again, I kind of understand because you know this they want to drag out this feud between him and the House of Black. So in order to keep creating that tension there, you, you got to sometimes have a little bit of a screwy finish. Hey, what are your thoughts overall on Collision before we go any further? I've given uh, mine. So, I mean, I mean, so far AEW is doing a good job with this show. Much. Better than they did with Rampage after it debuted. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The next match, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Jeremy Prophet. This was uh, this was stupid. This was a squash match. I mean, this was nothing. Powerhouse Hobbs uh, destroyed this guy. Like, pretty much, yeah. And we'll let's talk about it here in just a second. Then we had CMFT Ricky. So that's CM Punk and FTR and Ricky Stark teamed together, and this was the main event, and they went against the the Guns and the Bullet Club Go Bullet Club Gold, which was uh, which is Juice Robinson and Jay White. Now your winners are the Guns and Bullet Club Gold, and I'm I'm great with that. I'm happy with that because you can't have CM Punk winning. They're doing the right thing. He cannot win every single match on Collision. It can't always be about him, and that's why I'm really starting to dig this show because they're doing complete opposite of what I thought they were going to do, which is good. Now, here's the part. You want to talk about crowds. Here's the funny part. FTR and Punk and Ricky Starks are supposed to be the baby faces in this match, and FTR and Ricky Starks got cheered every time they did something. CM Punk got booed. <laughs> He's supposed to be a babyface, but he got booed on everything he done in this match. I loved it. Loved it. Uh, your thoughts, sir, on those two matches? Um, well, you know, well, you know, the first match, um, 
I don't know, not, not too many thoughts on it. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the result. So that's... Uh, powerhouse that's, uh, Yeah, him. I mean, you know, happy with the result. You know, he's a powerhouse. Of course, he's going to squash a jobber. But uh, I, I'm not really invested in him. I mean, we thought they were going somewhere when he was the TNT champion. What did that last, three weeks? <laughs> with him and QT Marshall? Uh, yep. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his future looks like. Uh, the main event was an interesting one, and I have to admit, I was shocked by the result. I figured this was going to be another win for CM Punk and his buddies, but they actually put Bullet Club Gold and the Guns over. And I'll tell you what, they need to they need to put Juice Robinson and Jay White in a tag team title feud with FTR right away, because I am there for it. Yes, I agree. Did you notice the crowd, though, how they booed Punk? And cheered his partners? <laughs> of course I did. How could you not? <laughs> yeah, I just... You don't mention stuff, man. And I... <laughs> so, I just had to the ask. Same thing at Forbidden Door. I don't know. Maybe it's something in the air in Canada. They've been having a lot of wildfires lately, so... <laughs> I think he's going to get it everywhere but Chicago. Or most places. Just have that feeling. By the way, folks. Oh, you know what? Kenny Omega's from Canada. Hmm. Make you say, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into some Raw, WWE Raw results. Okay. Glad you guys are excited about that. Here we go. Dominic Mysterio faced Akira Tanzanoa, and he actually defeated him uh, via pinfall with a Frog Splash. Cody Rhodes getting ready to head into Money in the Bank against Dominic Mysterio. Actually defeated, straight up, Damian Priest via pinfall. That was shocking. Not as shocking as the next one. Ricochet defeated Shinsei Nakamura via pinfall. Your thoughts on those matches, sir? That That's kind of shocking we're all this week. Yeah, I mean, Shinsuke and Ricochet, once again, I, I think of really good chemistry in the ring. Um, I don't know if I want to say I was shocked by the result, but I feel like they've been booking Shinsuke to look really strong lately and not too vulnerable. So it's kind of surprising that Ricochet went over here. Um, Cody Rhodes beating da Damian Priest. I've got mixed feelings on this because Damian's one of the favorites going into the Money in the Bank ladder match, whereas Cody just has a singles match coming up at the pay-per-view against Dominic Mysterio. I almost kind of feel like Damian Priest should have gone over here. Yep. Um, Dominic should have interfered in the match in some way, and Damian should have won. That way, Cody could be out for blood at Money in the Bank. Because um, we need to see a more vicious side to Cody Rhodes. Because especially if he's going to have his final match against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, which is rumored... We, we need to see that edge from from your top baby face. It's, it's okay. You can show a vicious side to your baby face every now and then. You can show aggression. That gives the crowd a reason to get even more invested in them. And uh, as far as Dominic Mysterio versus Akira Tozawa, look, I said it all along that Akira should be presented in a serious light. They made him the, a joke for a very long time. He dressed up like a ninja, and he was chasing the 24-7 title. And wasn't he in a romantic storyline with uh, Tamina at one point even? Snooker, yep. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that he's back to his old attire and that they're at least treating him seriously. Yeah, 
Of course, Dominic goes over here because his mammy's there to interfere and help him out of a jam, as always. So, uh, you know, yeah, he wins the match. But, uh, yeah, Dominic, you're going you're gonna to get put in your place at Money in the Bank. That's all I'm going to say. So let's, let's be straight up honest. Akira has no chance of ever accomplishing true, great, true greatness with the WWE unless he leaves and goes somewhere and comes back. He's a Zack Ryder, uh, Cody Rhodes before Cody uh, Stardust. This is this is him. Would you agree with that? He's got to go somewhere, reinvent himself, and come back. Oh yeah, I mean, if he's going to be a star, I could I could sooner picture him in a place like Impact or be, even back in New Japan where he used to comp- compete. And I think absolutely hundred percent he'd be booked. Uh, you know. To, to the more towards the top of the card, he's he's got a ceiling in WWE. There's no question. Uh, or Ring of Honor. When he was with Ring of Honor, uh, he actually had a decent win loss record. He was actually, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a. I don't know if he'll ever be a champion, but he was not. He was a mid carder. He was very good. So uh, then Gunther uh, accepted Matt Riddle's challenge for the Intercontinental Championship match and Money in the Bank. So. R.I.P. Matt Riddle. Good luck with that. Ronda Rousey defeated Raquel Rodriguez via pinfall. And The Miz was supposed to, or no, not The Miz, Finn Balor attacked Seth Rollins once again. I love how they're building this feud. Love it, love it, love it. The only thing is, let's, I, I'm on, and I, this is going to shock you because you know how much of a Seth Rollins fan I am. I almost think the way to caveat this feud, the way they're doing it, is for Seth to drop the belt and Money in the Bank. I don't think it's going to happen, but wow, would we not be sitting here with our mouths wide open if that was to happen? But uh, yeah, your thoughts on that and the other two matches. Well, we're going to get into Money in the Bank predictions, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. But uh, Ronda Rousey going over Raquel Rodriguez, yeah, figure it would happen. I'm not not upset about it. I'm not really even invested in it. Just keep booking Ronda and Shayna to look strong right now until you have some real competition for them. Um, but I agree with you, Kentucky guy. They're doing a great job building up Finn Bauer, and it's about time because... He's someone who was never really given his due when he came to the main roster, other than the first few weeks before he suffered that injury, and then it was never really the same after that. Um, So this is going to be a very interesting match between him and Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. Um, And we'll get more into predictions after. But they did a good job with booking this on Raw. Great job overall. And yeah, I mean, R.I.P. Matt Riddle, he doesn't stand a chance beating Gunther, and it's really a shame because, again, if this were the Matt Riddle from, like, the GCW days or the NXT days, I would have been all about this matchup. I would have said, yeah, take my money, let's watch it. But Matt Riddle has been very just blah since he came back from uh, from being in rehab. I'm not... I, I. I just I don't think there's any world in which he's going to beat the ring general. No, he's not. You know, even even teaming with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hasn't helped him at all. <laughs> he's actually kind of boring now, which uh, which is strange to say. Uh, then we were supposed to have a match with the Miz versus uh, Ciampa. 
However, Ciampa, or Miz attacked Ciampa. Tommaso, uh, before the match, actually beating him down and then flattening him out with the skull-crushing finale. So, the Miz got a little bit of payback there, I guess. You know, uh, you know. Uh, six, six women's Money in the Bank ladder match participants were all in the ring talking crap. And bada-bing, bada-boom, there was a big brawl. I thought that was cool. Here's something. I'll go. I'll get your comments on those uh, couple things there, and then we'll get in these last two because uh, both of the winners of these last two, the way they ended, kind of surprised me. But uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on those? Uh, well, I mean, at least they're not making the Miz look like a total wimp. At least he shows a little bit of aggression himself against uh, Tomasa Champa. So I can't really knock them for that. I mean, the women's segment, you know. It, I don't know. I mean, I, I was sitting there watching them all talk, and I was just kind of like, yeah, uh, all right, yeah. And I now I now know that for sure um, Trish Stratus is not winning the, the the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. Um, Zelina Vega is definitely not winning it. Um, to me, I feel like the only three who have a shot at winning the briefcase are Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Io Sky. I don't think Zoe Stark, uh, Trish Stratus, or Zelina Vega are winning that briefcase. I can't wait to see what happens between Bailey and Io Sky during that match. And, you know, Becky Lynch should win it and then cash it in on Seth Rollins. <laughs> and then we had Gunther versus Sami Zayn and be beating Sami Zayn straight up via pinfall. I thought that match would end a little bit different. I didn't think that Sami Zayn was going to win, but I thought there'd be like a DQ or something. I, I didn't see. I mean, that just shows you the push Gunther's got right now, and he deserves it. And there's there's just no stopping this machine. And then the last match, Ben Balor took on NXT's champion, Carmella Hayes. And Finn Balor won straight up via pinfall after hitting the coup de gras. And that kind of shocked me. I didn't think they'd bring on the NXT champion. I know that he's buddies with Seth Rollins and this and that. But I didn't think that they would bring him in a match on Raw to lose straight up. So, kind of shocked me there. Your thoughts on those two matches? It, it, the gunther Sami Zayn match was tough. Uh, was a tough one to book. I agree with you. I, I figured it would have ended in some sort of DQ. I was kind of shocked Gunther got the... Um, got the pinfall on Sami Zayn, but he's one of your top heels on Raw, and you've got to book him to look strong, so what better way than to have him pin one of your most popular wrestlers like Sami Zayn? You know, I, I, I may not like to see Sami Zayn take the loss, but it, it, it helps Gunther in the end, and he is a heel. You're not supposed to like him. Remember that. Um, and then the, uh, and as far as the Finn Balor-Carmelo Hayes match, this is another tough one to call because I think Carmelo Hayes looked really good. I think he held his own. You, some people would say, oh, this is, this is a burial of the NXT champion. I don't look at it that way at all. A, a burial of the NXT champion was when uh, Karrion Cross came up and lost to Jeff Hardy in a minute and a half. Not Carmelo Hayes going 15 minutes in the main event with Finn Bauer and ultimately just comes up short. I think he still looked good. And Finn Bauer is challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
this this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday. So you know, you know, you got you got to pick and choose carefully sometimes with your booking. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's get into money in the bank match card and predictions before we run out of time because I really want to go over this. Uh, so let's make some predictions on money in the bank. All right, here we go. First match. Start off with L.A. Knight versus Ricochet versus Shinsei Nakamura versus Damian Priest versus Butch versus Santos Escobar and versus Logan Paul uh, for this year's Men's Money in the Bank lineup match. Kentucky guy says, L.A. Knight is your new Money in the Bank winner. What say you, sir? All right, well, this is going to tie into my prediction for later in the show. First of all, I just want to get this out of the way that if Logan Paul wins, I, I'm going to be turning off the, the pay-per-view. <laughs> I just want to say that point, point blank. If he wins, I'm not watching the rest of the show. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Kentucky guy, L.A. Knight would have been my pick up until this past Monday on Raw. I am actually going to go with Damian Priest to win this ladder match. Explain. Because I think it's going to tie into the World Heavyweight title match between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. There's uh, a part of me that thinks that Damian Priest is going to cash in. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Interesting. So let's go ahead and talk about the next match then. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Kentucky guy says he's got to give it to his boy, Seth Rollins. What say you? My prediction, it's going to be a great match, a lot of near falls. Seth Rollins is going to retain, and then Damian Priest is going to cash in his money in the bank title opportunity. And I think we're going to see a new world heavyweight champion, Damian Priest. Really? Right, do you see an implosion for the uh, for the uh, Judgment Day between Finn Balor and Damian Priest over on that? I don't see an immediate implosion, but I think it's going to lead to a lot of animosity within that group. Interesting. Interesting. I swear, man, me and you should be a part of their creative team. Some of the ideals we have. Interesting. Uh, then we have Cody Rhodes taking on... Big bad Dominic Mysterio. Even though I like Penitentiary Dom, Cody's last few pay-per-views, he's looked very, very weak. I've got to pick Cody Rhodes. Not that I want him to win, but I've got to pick him to win because that's who's going to win. Uh, your prediction, sir? The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I kind of knew that. Uh, Ronda Rousey, I kind of feel sick picking Cody Rhodes, but it, it is the last two pay-per-views he's had. He's looked horrible. They got to make him look strong again. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defend their titles against Liv Morgan and Raquel Routes. Rodriguez, Raquel Routes. What am I talking about? Uh, Rodriguez for the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship. And I picked that uh, nothing will change. We will have the same tag team champs. 
Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. What say you? Ronda and Shayna just just won these titles from Isla Dawn and Alba Fire in that unification match. There's no way they're dropping them here. So Ronda and Shayna are my pick to retain. All right, copycat. And then we, <laughs> and then for the international or the intercontinental championship, we have Gunther versus Matt Riddle. Kentucky guy picks Gunther. Donnie picks Gun- uh, Matt Riddle. All right, next one. No, who do you pick here? <laughs> Bro, I picked Gunther to win this match. But I figured. <laughs> and let's see here. We have the women's last match on the card. Women's money in the bank. Unless they had a match tonight, and I feel that there's, it all depends on how long they're going to drag out the money in the bank ladder matches. But there, I feel like there's room for another match. But I say that it seems like every WWE pay-per-view. I don't know, so... But we have the women's Money in the Bank, EO Sky, Bailey, Trish Status, Zoe Stark, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Kentucky Guy picks Bailey to win the match. And what say you, sir? Your final pick for Ooh. this year's Money in the Bank. Been going back and forth with a couple, a couple of these women. Like I said, um, I'm gonna pick EO Sky to win this one, uh, Kentucky Guy. My reasoning behind that is because. I know that they are planting the seeds for a um, Rhea Ripley-Becky Lynch feud over the Women's World Championship. And I do not think that Becky Lynch needs a briefcase for that. Interesting. Interesting. Eels guy. That would play into the storyline because uh, that's why I picked Bailey. I think Bailey is going to win, but she's going to do it by turning her back on Eels guy. <laughs> so maybe the other way around. Something's happening. Damage control is gone, I think, or going to be just about gone after this pay-per-view. Okay, so let's see how much time we got here. Uh, Mr. Cage, would you like to go ahead and do one of your headlines, and I'll do one, and we'll call it a show. Yes, sir. So, if I could bring up my headline, take a second to load. Here, no problem. Let's do headlines. Headline rumors around the water cooler. Okay, come on. All right, are you able to? Top AEW star. <laughs> Sorry. Top AEW star sees issues between CM Punk and the Elite as a ticking time bomb. CM Punk is, is back in AEW after making his return on last Saturday's premiere episode of Collision, where he opened the show with a promo, taking a shot at the counterfeit bucks before headlining the show. He also made a surprise appearance on Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite to set up his match in the following week's Collision. Before the show, it was reported that due to the show being in Chicago, the hometown of Punk, AEW president Tony Khan decided not to have the elite appear on the show live. As previously reported, the issues between those in AEW who don't like CM Punk and Punk have not improved. Following his interview with ESPN and his return promo, we told you so, it was said the divisiveness has become worse over the last week. Dave Meltzer wrote, One top name noted to us that they went home after the show on Wednesday in a bad mood 
and even with the key people kept apart and not on the same shows, described the fear of this being a ticking time bomb that will not have a happy ending. From the start of talks, the idea of bringing back Punk was to separate him from those who have issues with him and vice versa, thus building collision around him on a different roster. So, I also read that Punk and the Elite were kept on completely opposite ends of the building uh, at Forbidden Door. So that just shows you how crazy of a situation this still is. This has been months and months and months now since the, since the media scrum and the locker room fight. Punk is back in the company. The Elite's back in the company. You would think we can finally put these issues aside and just get back to doing business. But unfortunately, this is what happens when you have a controversial person like CM Punk, who is so outspoken and believes his own hype. He creates a lot of toxicity in the locker room. And this is probably going to continue as long as the elite are in AEW, which, again, we've been hearing tons of rumors that there's interest elsewhere. So uh, what's going to happen in the coming months is going to be interesting. Yep, I agree. And, you know, the guy couldn't keep his mouth shut on the first collision. Counterfeit bucks. I mean, of course there's going to, it's a ticking time bomb because the guy doesn't know when to shut up. And uh, hopefully next episode, which will be Sunday, I'm going to have, I'm going to send an email because I haven't talked to these boys in a couple weeks. And I don't know if they're, I think one of them is actually helping on collision uh, in the setup crew. So I want to talk to him and I want to find out, really fill out what's, what the atmosphere is like. By the way, I know of, I know these two personally and they informed me that two other people almost quit, almost quit because they were kept in the dark over that still guy working from home being a part of creative. Tony Khan, because Tony Khan in every team meeting, and that's one th- cool thing about Tony Khan, when he has a team meeting, it's not just wrestlers. He has staff in there, he has setup crew and everything, but he always brags about how transparent he runs his companies. And he almost lost four employees, good employees, I would say. I know two of them are, I, I like them. Uh, they, uh, four employees that I know of, he almost lost them by not being transparent and secretly rehiring this guy and have him work remotely. So, yeah, I just they got they still got problems. Don't folks don't think just because uh, you know Punk's back and this and that and they got a new show, everything's. I mean they've got they've got some serious problems still happening there. All right, let's see. I've got a I've got a headline here. WWE has two very drastic. Finishes in place for the Bloodline Civil War match. WWE has stacked the card for Saturday. Hey, you know what? That wasn't in our... Why wasn't that on the... Yeah, we didn't make a prediction on that match. We, we forgot to make a prediction. That's going to be the main event of the show. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, it wasn't on the card. On the card, I pulled That's weird. All right. Uh... <laughs> My bad. All right, so I pick Solo and uh, uh, Roman Reigns. Who do you pick? All right, I'm going to shock you on this one, Kentucky guy. This is going to be a blood feud, just like just like we know it is. 
There could, there could be any number of twists and turns to add more wrinkles to the bloodline feud, but I am going to predict and reluctantly agree with you that Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa are going to win this match. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, I don't think they can... Uh, man, I'm glad I did this headline. <laughs> uh, Alright, so WWE has stacked the card for Saturday's Money in the Bank premier live event at the O2 Arena in London, England, with the two uh, Money in the Bank ladder matches as well as the Usos versus undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia in a Bloodline Civil War match. This match comes after uh, comes after Jimmy Uso first turned on Reigns at Night of Champions earlier this month in Saudi Arabia. When Reigns and Solo battled Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team titles, Jay Uso turned on Reigns by laying him out with a super kick two weeks ago on an episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Wrestle votes report today that WWE has two finishes in mind for the bout and considering, still considering, which one to go with. The account wrote, hearing WWE, quote, hearing WWE has two very drastic finishes in play for the Bloodline matchup on Saturday. Greatest scene split on the decision. In conjunction, I'm told the Usos and Solo were a part of a run-through session this past Friday at a closed location to go over things. Hmm. Reigns is also booked for the August 5th SummerSlam in Detroit, Michigan. But his opponent has yet to be revealed. One of them things that make you say, huh? Uh, I don't know. That just kind of, they shouldn't call that a headline. They should call that a teaser because that just kind of teased us. I'm looking more forward now than ever to that match tomorrow. So, huh, your thoughts, sir? This is what I think the two possibilities as far as mat the match finish are. It's way too early to have Solo turn his back on Roman, so let's get that out of our minds right here. Could that happen eventually? Could there be dissension there and they could eventually feud with one another? Of course it could happen eventually, but not yet. I think it's going to be one of two things. Either Jay turns on Jimmy, or Jimmy turns on Jay, and that's that's, a, that's what's going to be the end result of that match. And one of them is going to be back in the bloodline, and one is going to be permanently out. Jimmy's going to turn on Jay. That makes more sense to me. Uh, and the reason why is because he can, you know, they can use the storyline, you know, Jay was a right-hand man, never did anything with it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But then they say Jay always falls in line. I don't know, but I'm more intrigued about this match the closer we get to it. But uh, that's all I've got for this episode, sir. How about yourself? That's also it for me, Kentucky guy. And folks, I know we didn't go over Dynamite results, uh, but I wanted to really do the Money in the Bank card. We will go over the Dynamite results along with SmackDown, uh, along with Money in the Bank results on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. I know a lot of stuff happened on Dynamite. Uh, it's just kind of not up there with uh, these other collision and these in these pay per views. But uh, yeah, we're not we're not taking it off the books. We're going to definitely talk about it on Sunday. But as of right now, you've been listening to Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. 
with your co-host is the Kentucky guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, folks, as always, thank you so much for listening. God bless, and God bless America.